Hello, world. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. The Passover commemorated the final event leading up to the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt under Moses. And why is that a big deal for us today? Hey, Hopeful, welcome to today's part of our journey together through the Bible, and uh, greetings from my traveling microphone, reading through every word of God's revelation on this journey together because, you know, we do this Monday through Saturday every single day, no matter where in the world I am, including how Jesus, as sacrificial lamb, put to death both the penalty and the power of sin for those who believe, right? Exodus foreshadowed being led out of slavery, and we are literally led out of slavery to sin. Now, don't miss this, because this summarizes where we're going to be in our New Testament segment today. Jesus wants us to remember continually his loyal and sacrificial love. We must not underestimate our own ability to betray Jesus. That's a biggie, my friends, because most of us go, well, I'm not Hitler. Yeah, but I could be. We must not underestimate our own ability to betray Jesus. The only way we can remain loyal in spite of our weakness is to stay alert to danger and to depend continually on God through prayer. Matthew chapter 26, picking up in verse 17. On the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? Go into the city to a certain man, he said, and tell him, The teacher says, My time is near. I am celebrating the Passover at your place with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. And when evening came, he was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. Deeply distressed, each one began to say to him, Surely not I, Lord. He replied, The one who dipped his hand with me in the bowl, he will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for him if he had not been born. Judas, his betrayer, replied, Surely not I, Rabbi. You have said it, Jesus told him. As they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, gave it to the disciples and said, Take and eat it. This is my body. Then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for for many for the forgiveness of sins. But I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, Tonight all of you will fall away because of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Peter told him, Even if everyone falls away because of you, I will never fall away. Truly I tell you, 
Jesus said to him. Tonight before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Even if I have to die with you, Peter told him, I will never deny you. And all the disciples said the same thing. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he told the disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. Taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, I am deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. Going a little farther, he fell face down and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. He asked Peter, So couldn't you stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again a second time he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came again and found them sleeping because they could not keep their eyes open. After leaving them, he went away again and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. And then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? See, the time is near. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let's go. See, my betrayer is near. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, suddenly arrived. A large mob with swords and clubs was with him from the chief priests and elders of the people. His betrayer had given them a sign. The one I kiss, he's the one. Arrest him. So immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Friend, Jesus asked him, Why have you come? Then they came up, took hold of Jesus, and arrested him. At that moment, one of those who was with Jesus reached out his hand and drew his sword, and I just realized I read for further than I was going to read for the day, and I don't want to run out of time. So uh, how's that for a cliffhanger? Reached out his hand and tune in tomorrow. (laughs) uh, In fact, I'm going to be honest, my friends, on occasion, I am not able in a given day to volunteer as much time as I desire, as I even usually do. And I even want to just pause to thank each of you who support this ministry with prayer with financial resources that cover part of the hosting and podcast expenses, etc. But today, when it comes to our Old Testament reading, we're just going to let her rip. And I know you can go anywhere. I can go anywhere and hear a better voice than mine read with you uh, the Bible, which is why I try to add a little something-something. But today it's not going to be so. Second Chronicles Picking up in chapter 19. King Jehoshaphat of Judah returned to his home in Jerusalem in peace. Then Jehu, son of the seer Hanani, went out to comfort him and said to King Jehoshaphat, Do you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Because of this, the Lord's wrath is on you. However, some good is found in you, for you have eradicated the Asherah poles from the land and have determined in your heart to seek God. Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem, and once again he went out among the people from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim and brought them back to the Lord, the God of their ancestors. 
He appointed judges in all the fortified cities of the land of Judah, city by city. Then he said to the judges, Consider what you are doing, for you do not judge for a man, but for the Lord, who is with you in the matter of judgment. And now may the terror of the Lord be on you. Watch what you do, for there is no injustice or partiality or taking bribes with the Lord our God. My friends, if you ever wonder the gravitas of what I feel, uh, or hopefully your pastor feels, that's it. Consider what you're doing, for you do not judge for a man, but for the Lord. There's a reason why teachers and leaders are held to a higher account. That should, that should sober anybody up. Jehoshaphat also appointed in Jerusalem some of the Levites and priests and some of the Levite or Israelite family heads for deciding the Lord's will and for settling disputes of the residents of Jerusalem. He commanded them, saying, In the fear of the Lord, with integrity and wholeheartedly, you are to do the following. For every dispute that comes to you from your brothers who dwell in the cities, whether it regards differences of blood guilt, law, commandment, statutes, or judgments, you are to warn them, so they will not incur guilt before the Lord, and wrath will not come on you and your brothers. Do this, and you will not incur guilt. Note that Amariah, the chief priest, is over you in all matters related to the Lord, and Zebediah, son of Ishmael, the ruler of the house of Judah, in all matters related to the king. And the Levites are officers in your presence. Be strong. May the Lord be with those who do what is good. Chapter 20. After this, the Moabites and Ammonites, together with some of the Maonites, came to fight against Jehoshaphat. People came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast number from beyond the Dead Sea and from Edom have come to fight against you. They are already in Hazazon Tamar, that is, En Gedi. Jehoshaphat was afraid, and he resolved to seek the Lord. Then he proclaimed a fast for all Judah who gathered to seek the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek him. And then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the Lord's temple before the new courtyard, and he said, Lord, God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven, and do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand, and no one can stand against you. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel, and who gave it forever to the descendants of Abraham your friend? They have lived in the, the land and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name and have said, If disaster comes on us, sword or judgment, pestilence or famine, we will stand before this temple and before you, for your name is in this temple. We will cry out to you because of our distress, and you will hear and deliver. Now here are the Ammonites, Moabites, and inhabitants of Mount Seir. You did not let Israel invade them when Israel came out of the land of Egypt, but Israel turned away from them and did not destroy them. Look how they repay us by coming to drive us out of your possession that you gave us as an inheritance. Our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this vast number that comes to fight against us. We do not know what to do, but we look to you. 
All Judah was standing before the Lord with their dependents, their wives, and their children. In the middle of the congregation, the Spirit, capital S, the Spirit of the Lord, came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah, a Levite from Asaph's descendants. And he said, Listen carefully, all Judah, and all you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast number, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. You will see them coming up the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley facing the wilderness of Jeruel. You do not have to fight this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. He is with you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Tomorrow you will go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. And then Jehoshaphat knelt low with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord to worship him. Then the Levites from the sons of the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel shouting loudly. In the morning they got up early and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. As they were about to go out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. Then he consulted with the people and appointed some to sing for the Lord and some to praise the splendor of his holiness. When they went out in front of the armed forces, they kept singing, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his faithful love endures forever. The moment they began their shouts and praises, the Lord set an ambush against the Ammonites, Moabites, and the inhabitants of Mount Seir who came to fight against Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites turned against the inhabitants of Mount Seir and completely annihilated them. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped destroy each other. When Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked for a large army, but there were only corpses lying on the ground. Nobody had escaped. And then Jehoshaphat and all his people went to gather the plunder, and they found among them an abundance of goods on the bodies and valuable items So they stripped them until nobody could carry any more. They were gathering the plunder for three days because there was so much. They assembled in the valley of Barakah on the fourth day, for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, that place is still called the valley of Barakah today. Then all the men of Judah and Jerusalem turned back with Jehoshaphat, their leader, returning joyfully to Jerusalem, for the Lord enabled them to rejoice over their enemies. So they came into Jerusalem to the Lord's temple with harps, lyres, and trumpets, and the terror of the Lord was on all the kingdoms of the lands when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. Then Jehoshaphat's kingdom was quiet, for his God had given him rest on every side. Jehoshaphat became king over Judah. He was 35 years old when he became king, and he reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Azubah, daughter of Shehli. He walked in the ways of Asa, his father. He did not turn away from it, but he did what was right in the Lord's sight. However, the high places were not taken away, and the people had not yet set their hearts on the God of their ancestors. The rest of the events of Jehoshaphat's reign from beginning to end are written in the events of Jehu, son of Hanani, which is recorded in the book of Israel's kings. After this, Judah's king Jehoshaphat made an alliance with Israel's king Ahaziah, 
who was guilty of wrongdoing. Jehoshaphat formed an alliance with him to make ships go to go to Tarshish, and they made ships in Ezi and Geber. Then Eleazar, son of Dodavahu of Marasha, prophesied against Je- Jehoshaphat, saying, Because you formed an alliance with Ahaziah, the Lord has broken up what you have made. So the ships were wrecked and were not able to go to Tarshish. And that is Second Chronicles 19 and 20. Kind of the parallel little piece is the beginning of Second Kings, which is a short chapter by comparison. Second Kings chapter 1. After Ahab's death, Moab rebelled against Israel. Ahaziah had fallen through the latticed window of his upstairs room in Samaria and was injured. So he sent messengers instructing them, Go inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, whether I will recover from this injury. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Go and meet with the messengers of the king of Samaria and say to them, Is it because there is no God in Israel that you are going to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? Therefore, this is what the Lord says, You will not get up from your sickbed. You will certainly die. And then Elijah left. The messengers returned to the king who asked them, Why have you come back? They replied, A man came to meet us and said, Go back to the king who sent you and declare to him, This is what the Lord says. Is it because there is no God in Israel that you're sending these men to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? Therefore, you will not get up from your sickbed. You will certainly die. And the king asked them, What sort of man came up to meet you and spoke those words to you? They replied, "Uh, A hairy man with a leather belt around his waist. The king said, It's Elijah the Tishbite. So King Ahaziah sent a captain with his 50 men to Elijah. When the captain came up to him, he was sitting on the top of a hill, and he announced, Man of God, the king declares, Come down. Elijah responded to the captain, If I am a man of God, may God fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. And then fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50 men. So the king sent another captain with his 50 men to Elijah, and he took in the situation and announced, Man of God, this is what the king says, come down immediately. Elijah responded, If I am a man of God, may fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. So a divine fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50 men. Then the king sent a third captain with his 50 men. The third captain went up and fell on his knees in front of Elijah and begged him, Man of God, please let my life and the lives of these 50 servants of yours be precious to you. Already fire has come down from heaven and consumed the first two captains of, with their companies, but this time let my life be precious to you. The angel of the Lord said to Elijah, Go down with him. Don't be afraid of him. So he got up and went down with him to the king. Then Elijah said to King Ahaziah, This is what the Lord says, Because you have sent messengers to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, is it because there is no god in Israel for you to inquire of his will? You will not get up from your sickbed. You will certainly die. Ahaziah died according to the word of the Lord that Elijah had spoken. Since he had no son, Joram became king in his place. This happened in the second year of Judah's king Jehoram, son of Jehoshaphat. The rest of the events of Ahaziah's reign, along with his accomplishments, are written in the historical record of Israel's kings. 
And that is Second Kings chapter 1. So my friends, we're going to wrap up today with a psalm for our wisdom segment. And this psalm, Psalm 20, suits the occasion of a service of prayer and sacrifice on the eve of battle. So saith a few notes. As always, uh, the webpage for this particular episode, which is episode 1917, uh, will have all my links to all my references. But since we haven't had a psalm in a few days, would you pray this with me? Psalm 20 is for the choir director, a psalm of David. May the Lord answer you in a day of trouble. May the name of Jacob's God protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and sustain you from Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt offering. Selah. May he give you what your heart desires and fulfill your whole purpose. Let us shout for joy at your victory and lift the banner in the name of our God. May the Lord fulfill all your requests. Now I know that the Lord gives victory to his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with mighty victories from his right hand. Some take pride in chariots and others in horses, but we take pride in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand firm. Lord, give victory to the king. May he answer us on the day that we call. And my friends, I hope that is our prayer. Do we believe that this is a God who could send down divine fire? Do we believe that this is a God who confuse, could confuse the enemy army? Let us, let us have that not be some fanciful story. If God can create the entirety of the cosmos out of nothing, anything else is possible. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.